Luke Byron, Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. It's the Spitballing Pod. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You know we've been fighting for one and still fighting to this day. To this day. Aguero! Surprise, motherfuckers. Back out to Allen. History pointer. Bang! I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Listen, I ain't going to forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might be. Welcome to episode 125 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. Apologies, this is a day late and we are down in AJ through no fault of his own. I will give him credit this time. I've just about got a voice back today, so we're back in business. And we have a relatively shorter pod, but we'll see what we can do. So anyway, I thought a good topic to start us off with. All, all I've seen all weekend is memes about... Storm in Area 51. <laughs> I think this, from what I gather, started with the Joe Rogan podcast where they had, I forgot the guy's name on there, something Lazar, maybe something like that, um, talking about aliens and all these things and how it's still kind of kept there. And then people said, look, there's more of us than them. Why don't we storm it? <laughs> and we'll find mm-hmm. out once and for all. Obviously, the internet then took hold of that. I think over a million people signed a petition, <laughs> say, no, signed, joined a Facebook event saying that they were joining at a certain time. Proudly part of that, yeah. I have to say. And I was speaking to TK about this on uh, Saturday. I don't know how he's feeling now. I think I passed the illness on slightly, so he could have the tail end of it still to come. But we're saying, what is the best case scenario with this? <laughs> you either crash. Area 51 and there's nothing there and the whole the best thing is oh we knew there's nothing or <laughs> you find aliens and they're clearly being kept away for a reason yeah I, I've seen the meme um, I think it's Deadpool 2 with um, oh, what's the really big monster's name Juggernaut the, that's the one Juggernaut yeah. where he like rips him in half and it's like the alien <laughs> the alien that sh- is being kept away for a very good reason and then Deadpool is me I saw one do you remember those alien toys you used to get when you're younger where it was like put these in water and it'll like birth like and, another yeah. and it'll like give birth to another one yeah and there was a picture of a just a bloke holding one of them and it was like a me after i've clapped some cheeks in area 51 <laughs> yeah. nine months later that that's what it's changed into i saw one today is like if there's no aliens just clap the guards cheeks it's like <laughs> it's just getting out of hand <laughs> so i mean going to say I believe in aliens then that was going to take a completely different turn I think it's naive to believe that with a galaxy that can't even be defined in words to say that we're the only things here yeah to say like you're only the only things in this galaxy is one thing but imagine how many like, I don't know how many there's billions of galaxies in the yeah universe. you just have to hope that it's big enough that we just never come into contact with each other you say that though but I know we've got this like idea of aliens in our head and you've got the stereotypical ones like Paul from the movie. 
But wouldn't they, if you are going to come across aliens, they're going to be just like us, essentially. I think you're about to say, what if they're really hot? <laughs> they're really, really fit. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the just next step, aliens. isn't it? It's yeah. like, look, Tinder didn't work out. Yeah. I was trying to work out, if maybe aliens is, going to, is my market. <laughs> well, you think, like, if Area 51 is actually a gateway to this world, for other worlds, and that's the reason why they built it there, is because that's the way they all come from. Mm. So it's built to keep them in. If they get out into this world, it'd be like Men in Black. <laughs> just I mean, where they're all in, like, cognito. If you look back, the... the most clear evidence we have aside from people just digging something up and saying or saying that they saw like a flying saucer or whatever Leo Messi there, yeah. Yeah. there was there was a president and I can't think which president it was who essentially in one of his like televised speeches said that we shouldn't be at war we should all be coming together because at some point who knows it may just be that we finally unite when it's too late and we have to go against something else and he's like that's like coming out and saying I didn't kill that person over there by the way I yeah. did not do it when there's no prompted reason to say yeah. it yeah I think it was Eisenhower on his way out I think it was his leaving speech it was yeah. like look dark forces are out there see ya yeah. I'm off <laughs> I'll see you later but it was just the start of the space age and there's a reason why people didn't go back to the moon I know they're saying it's because of budget and they want to explore other things <laughs> well, did we go full stop yeah well there's that <laughs> we as go well. very conspiracy yeah this is totally it's anniversary is. today isn't it is it today or yesterday? Is it's, it's, what, it's, well, this, it's this week, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the other on the other like flip side, you could say that if we were ever going to find out, then with Trump as president, he may just tweet out one day. <laughs> yeah. Like, By the way, aliens yeah. real. Yeah. You're all wrong. Why? Yeah. Why can't everyone in Era Fifty One go back to where they came from? Kind of sweet. <laughs> right. yeah. to take to take it down a different alley now. I've got a couple of questions that follow on from this, so. I was listening to the Die Hard episode of the Rewatchables today, so they let's just go back, a rewatchable film, talk about it, mm. and it made me think about Bruce Willis, and I've seen before where people say, "What if these two swapped?" kind of thing. If Bruce Willis and Liam Neeson, all of their films, they each they just swapped. So Bruce Willis plays all of Liam Neeson's roles, or Liam Neeson plays all of Bruce Willis's roles. Who does the roles better? I think I'm going Bruce Willis because there is one John McClane, isn't there? Yeah. That's the one that you will not be able to transfer because he is John McClane to most to many people. You, but can you imagine Bruce Willis in Schindler's List? Yeah, that's what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean. <laughs> can I mean, he play the more sensitive role? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's got that range. Well, when he when, can't just shoot at it. You know what I mean? When they promo Die Hard, if you go back and watch the trailers, because Bruce Willis just wasn't really a thing. He was like a th- TV star, I think, and stars loosely. Mm. They barely promo his name in any of the trailers because they don't want to put people off going to see it. (laughs) Instead, they just... Well, because just nobody knew him, so you're not going to see it. You know where people go and see, like, a Tom Hanks film or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just had basically, like, there's loads of explosions in this film. You should definitely (laughs) come and see it. Yeah. It's, um... If you... If we're really going to change all of the roles... And we're kind of comment- doing down Bruce Willis here because his uh, little cameo in Friends, <laughs> like, that shows that he's got the emotional range. You just got to get it out of him. Yeah, I can't really see Liam Neeson having the charisma to like pull off like a one line on yeah. like, like when Bruce Willis doesn't die hard when he'll shoot someone then do some cheesy line. Yeah. on that. I, I don't think like, Neeson's got it in him. I, I literally watched what was it? Is it Dodging Between the Tombstones? Is, is that the film? Yeah, the Walk Between the Tombstones. Yeah. That's- that- was not what I expected when no. I sat down to watch it. No, it wasn't. And I was just thinking, like, it's almost he's taken a, um, 
Oh, what's the what? guy from the Mummy? Nicholas Cage, the, the, the Nicholas Cage. Not Nicholas Cage. It's oh yeah, it's Bre- Brendan, Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's taking that route where he's done so many big things. There isn't anything bigger for him to do, <laughs> so he has to just take B movies. Well, Liam Neeson, ever since he did Taken, he's literally just done Taken in the Sky. Yeah. Taken on a train. Yeah, Taken <laughs> Everything in Tombstones. Like, it's, it's all the same film. Not to, I say this a lot, not to plug another podcast because I'm pretty sure we're not going to get it back, but the rewatchables <laughs> is good because you get the, the trivia and things like that yeah. um, and kind of the background of it. And I had no clue that Liam Neeson was six foot four. Yeah, it's almost it's like, it's like a reverse Tom Cruise. Yeah, so like, they he shoot looks shorter. him from like a different angle all the time just so he doesn't look so domineering because if you play back Taken and I know that he's six foot four, I kind of think you should be taking out these little Albanians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And not only that, when he's doing all his covert operations, someone who's six foot four stands out a fair yeah. bit. <laughs> like, like six foot four Irishman in France. I mean, could you get any well, more it, it in, kind of shows conspicuous? How good of an actor you are that you can have a brief, say, week period where people are outraged that you've said that you wanted to kill a black man with a cosh. <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of just brush it under have you seen Taken yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he was great in Schindler's List yeah and if you <laughs> yeah. I mean we, we did the same with like R. Kelly and Michael Jackson don't we it's like well, well have you seen they have made some bangers I mean just... the whole R. Kelly thing got forgotten when that meme video came out yeah of, of R. Kelly <laughs> yeah. because it all just became oh it's actually funny he, it's actually yeah. just really well, funny he, he got done dirty and I, I don't say that like he's been hard done by but so he was indicted I think two days ago um, when it emerged that essentially like 30 videos were turned over by his team of him having sexual acts with like a 13 year old or and whatever I, kind of age I read today that he actually offered the defendant two million dollars to that's to why not, he's bankrupt because yeah. he's paid have to pay him. I yeah. watched I don't I said this before, I don't know what I was expecting but I watched the first three parts. I think it was, was it four parts or six parts? This five's like, okay, so I watched the first four. Of what? Surviving R. Kelly. It was right. a whole light yeah, expose yeah. on him. Yeah. But it was just lowering my mood so much. I, I, I don't need to see this <laughs> because like, each episode is just a different young black girl saying all the horrific things he did. And it's, I've, once you've heard one of these, yeah. I don't know how I made it through four. Just, yeah, just take the, fir- take the first one. Take the first one. his way through it. Times it by saying, yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> night. <laughs> Needs a fresh, fresh pack of tissues as well. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll move on from that. So if we stick with action films, and this is a question, crying, a, a question I came up with earlier, and hopefully I explain it well enough. So every action film star in the world are all trying to compete to rule the world. Okay. So each of them are building an army. So you've got <laughs> Bruce Willis, you've got Liam Neeson, as we said, and yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Each one of them can build their own army and they can take any character that's been in a film that they've been in. So Liam Neeson can take Brian Mills from Taken, but he can also take all the Jews from Schindler's List in his <laughs> army. Need numbers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the question is... Which actor could build the best army? Because I think I've, okay. I've cracked it and I've obviously sprung this on you. I mentioned it to TK, I mean, but it probably hasn't done as much looking into it as I have. You've got to go Anakin Skywalker, surely, because he had the entire Empire and Galactic well, Empire. It's like That's that actor, so like, you delve into their like, filmography. Oh, that, right, yeah. okay, okay. So the first one 
it came to my head when I just kind of googled action action stars or whatever. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg now mm-hmm. relatively new, but if I go through Transformers, he can take all these Transformers first of all. <laughs> That's a great one to have. He was in the 2001 Planet of the Apes. If you can line up all yeah. those apes and all the Transformers as part of your army, you're already <laughs> off to an unreal start. <laughs> you then include in that uh, Tom Brady from Ted. He's just going to be pinging things. He's that like just, your archer. He's like a Sam missile yeah. launcher from his arm. Maybe the most obvious one is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he actually got stronger the more I looked into it because obviously knew what he was in all the films. I wasn't really taking into account what he can pluck from like the other films. Conan the Barbarian. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Terminator, that thing in Terminator 2, that it was a T20 or whatever, just yeah. would not die. Yeah. <laughs> pluck one of them out for a start. <laughs> he was in Batman and Robin, so you can take Batman any of the Poison Robin. Ivy, Mr. Yeah. Freeze, underrated <laughs> character. Actually, my favourite Batman film, that one. Yeah. That's, that's a claim in itself. Uh, it's... Those are like notoriously like laughed at as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that one in that one in particular was good. I mean, the major twist was him putting a bit of cling film on his lips. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But it's got the dad from the Jingle o- All the Way. The as opening well. scene with Mister Freeze, unreal. I had a Mister Freeze, one of those like toy action figures you can get. Funkos. He was, yeah, yeah, he was literally my favourite one of those. <laughs> I mean, aside from that, then the Expendables, he can pluck in if he wants to form like an allegiance then he can take all of these actors that were in The so Expendables. would he be able to take all of the actors so you've got like a Bruce Willis and things I mean, like that? I mean, we so may have to get into like World War Two territory where people start teaming up. Yeah, alliances are formed. Yeah. I don't think he's going to stay out of it. I mean, he can get Predator. That's a good one to have in your team. Conan Barbarian, as we said. And as a kind of side note, I mean, he had a cameo in Two and a Half Men. If you take the Charlie last Sheen. episode, say, of Charlie Sheen being in there... yeah. That could be your wild card. <laughs> just him just going around spitting at people. <laughs> just, no one can hear him. I've actually... Shedding his skin over people's mouths. I've, I've tried to explain this the other day and because if, if I ever say that I've had like a long day or a hard day to anyone that does any kind of manual job, it's, oh, you don't know what a hard day's work is. Yeah. And it's the most irritating. It's like, nobody forced you to do this job. So <laughs> just stop it. But... <laughs> maybe not necessarily... Sometimes you can have a day where you don't really want to come home and concentrate on... Mm. <clears throat> a three hour because looking at the rewatchables one of them was Zodiac and that's definitely not a rewatchable film no. good film but if you're rewatching that <laughs> I got enough the first time looking at it again two and a half men that's what I've just been watching the early seasons recently like 18 minute long episodes just perfect they were like golden TV I don't think yeah. it's properly appreciated like if I had go back in time with like the elixir of youth I would just give it to Jake just have as much as you want and just keep making two and a half men for like eternity I've actually forgotten some episodes exist and some now you wouldn't get away with so I've just watched one where Charlie goes out to meet this woman that one of the few where they say oh you know there's something really serious there Mm. um, called Jill he goes to the bar it turns out He's at a bar with a guy named Bill who used to be Jill. <laughs> and for just like 10 minutes, it's literally just like transgender jokes. <laughs> and then Bill ends up sleeping with his mum and then they have this whole other twist from there. Did he ask him if he could play in the women's football team? 
That's not something you say to be some <laughs> odd things said in there, though, where just cheap jokes. <laughs> like they, they were saying on this uh, Die Hard episode, that if you go back, there is no one that's been more hard done by in films than Asians. The jokes are just in every genre yeah. of film. Yeah, it's like Family Guy, every kind of everything. Like Harold and Kumar is literally the only one where that film the script could have been done by two white blokes and it would be no different. Well, there's yeah. nothing really about them being Asian. Mm. But it always gets to the depressing point when you start seeing him get older and you're like, this soon isn't going to be as funny anymore. Because yeah. <laughs> he, he went mental, didn't he? And went into some like cult and then yeah, got arrested for drink driving. Isn't I think. he like Amish or something like that? Or... He looks it if he's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that kind of like sideburn, long staff beard going on. I guess it's a pretty messed up uh, upbringing, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, just to close this question off, does anyone have any alternative to Schwarzenegger or Wahlberg? I'm thinking for similar reasons. Someone like Will Smith. You've got a variety there. You've got yeah. Men in Black, you can collect aliens in there. Yeah. iRobot, you can get robots yeah. in there. You're not even safe in the ocean. He's got Shark Tale on the record. <laughs> <laughs> Animated or not, sharks are sharks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking at Han Solo, kind of Harrison Ford, you think, Harrison Ford will have you, a you think of like Air Force One, um, you think of all of the Star Wars kind of thing you can pull on, the Rebel Alliance, Starships, all of that, and Indiana Jones, all in <laughs> one. Like, he's, he's just, he's A-list, surely. Elijah Wood's got that perfect combination of supernatural... And football hooligans, <laughs> that perfect mesh. I'd love to. I'd love to see a stormtrooper go up against someone flogging two P coins at him, <laughs> shouting Spike Green Street. Elijah Wood, that's your boss at the end. <laughs> Such a great film. <clears throat> All right, we'll move on a bit. If I coughing down the mic, then apologies. The news headline I never thought I'd see: Harry Redknapp sings with DJ Luck and MC Neat at festival. Has anyone seen this? No. So he's doing some TV show that's coming out, I think, later in the year or next year, where they're essentially taking him to do everything that he's never done at this ripe age of 72. And one of the things they decide to do is uh, get him up on stage doing a little bit of luck with DJ Luck and MC Neat. <laughs> and when he comes off, he's like, oh, I love that. Yeah. They apparently said to him, like, what are you comfortable doing? Do you want to do like a word? And he was like, I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of made himself into... He's, he's built that loose women kind of daytime TV thing after his appearance in The Jungle, isn't it? Cause he, I'm he's sick a, of that jam roly-poly advert. Yeah. He's, that is literally what his audience is now. So it's it's almost like he's turning into like a bit of a Freddie Flintoff where you put him into any scenario and he's going to be good media. Successfully turn around a tax evasion charge to become the, the nation's yeah. sweetheart. I still stand to this day that if he got the job over Hodgson, we'd have won something with him. I still stand by that. seen his career. Yeah. Most overhyped career. Oh, Roy's his boy. Yeah, but for a World Cup, what you got to do is motivate the players for that tournament. He Ex- could have exactly. been that guy. Exactly. I don't know if we would have won, but I think we did done better than... Yeah. Anything would have been better than Roy, I think. Yeah. Hodgson should have been given another stint. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't have sat Capello. This makes me sick. <laughs> Off waiting for Jack to say, I went downhill when Terry was taken as captain. That's what did it. Wasn't that what made leave? He said the Italians don't understand racism. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not having it. He's my captain or I'll go. <laughs> he reinstated him though, didn't he? He reinstated him for the 2012 um, Euros, didn't he? And then. Um, what was they it? kind of. I think they do that where we see now, I think now we're older and we understand it more that 
just as much of the media is fed to them as they actually pick up themselves. I mean, we saw that with Boris recently. <laughs> but I think a lot of the times when you get these kind of controversies, they feed it to the papers and just see how everyone reacts to like a headline story. Like John Terry set for England return and people are like, you know what? As a leader, you want him back in the fold there. Yeah. If we just sneak him yeah. back in. It's like dabbling this put the toe in the water. Kind you of know, thing. if it's him or Matthew Upson, look, he can say what he wants. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the, we've said it on here before, there's nothing quite like the hype that can get behind an England player that doesn't have a cap yet. <laughs> because at one point... Um, it's Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka got absolutely lost. Like, why is he not in the team? Do you He's not remember Alexander the, the, the fussers? Um, why isn't Mikel Antonio in the England squad? Yeah. Mark Noble as well, that happened with. And it's funny as well, because you put your Callum Wilsons in the team, and like, don't get me wrong, he scored a goal, didn't he? He scored a goal on yeah. his debut. And he played fairly well, and he's just gone completely off the boil since at Bournemouth. We had a few for Grant Holt for a bit. Let's just be grateful that didn't come yeah. to fruition. Grant and we had Holt. the debate as to whether we should let Armunia change citizenship. We allowed it in every other sport. Just dark, dark we claimed days. for ethical reasons we wouldn't do it. Nothing to do with the fact that he was fairly yeah. garbage. If he yeah. was a top draw keeper, we wouldn't have been thinking twice. Yeah. All right, next point then so facebook have been fined five billion over privacy violations then you've ever used grammarly on your phone to correct things i use it when i've written an article i'll put it through it no I've someone kind that. of exposed their terms and conditions today and they say that they can take any word that you type in whether it's using the app or not they can save it and they can uh, dish it out to third parties if they deem that it's within their their code so <laughs> It's gone Bloody from my hell. phone now. Not, I don't really have anything to hide, but I just <laughs> don't particularly that, like the sound of that's that. That's the thing. You seem to call people nonce a lot. What's, yeah, what's this about, yeah. sir? <laughs> it's like whenever you go on, you look through something on Amazon, or you look just you type something into Google, and then you go onto Facebook, and it's there again, right in your face. Well, people say that yeah. whenever there's like a craze with like Snapchat filters, it's them just trying to like download your face for facial recognition whatever new database there is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just, true though, like, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Just finally, so Alan Turing is to feature on the new £50 note. Of our generation, who do you think would be most likely to feature in the future? Ben Stokes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Beckham was the first one that came, came into my head because I, there's not really anyone that puts a bad word on his name. It's funny because you, you, you look back and you think of all the people that have discovered things and are famous for that. You look at everyone famous in our generation... And it's for stupid reasons, <laughs> yeah. or being on TV, or Love Island, or something like that. And there isn't a, the closest person you say is cult figure is probably Elon Musk. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> he's just an absolute billionaire, and he just does whatever the hell he likes with it. He's not your kind of typical Rothschild. I'm going to keep all my money and screw all the ball people kind of guys. No. Now, before we get on to the kind of paper gossip, I saw an article that surfaced earlier from the Guardian declaring uh, Megan Rapino as uh, this generation's Muhammad Ali. See, I saw this as well in Paddy Power, who I find really funny on Twitter. I usually laugh at all of their stuff. And they said, it's like basically comparing her to Zlatan. And um, our one... I can't stand Zlatan. I don't know why people find him funny. The whole joke was funny like the first time. Yeah. I, th- I agree to a, to a point. But at the same time, Megan Rapino, I know she's won the World Cup. But... She isn't that good. She's not messy. She hasn't done stuff with the ball that I haven't seen them before. She's doing stuff with the ball that I've seen people in Stroud 60 with the ball. She's like, what, one of the most irritating people, I think. And that as well. Usually when everyone kind of focuses in on like one person, like people have like categorically 
gone in saying that she is like the worst, basically. Mm. I usually try to do the opposite and see if there's something that I can pick out to make me like them, at least just because I don't want to just immediately go with that. And you think there's a reason. Her, I actually think people aren't being harsh enough. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I can... I remember seeing videos of her like denouncing Donald Trump and things like that, and I thought, you know what, you stand for something. Like this is it's actually quite good. And the more that I found out about her, the more I realised that you're just arrogant asshole. You're just an ass. It, it was just that video of like I deserve this, all of it, or whatever. And I was just like, and she sta- like I don't even. If there was a bloke doing that, then well, you call him a cunt. The, well, so it's not like yeah. the argument seems yeah. to be if you say something bad against her, it's like you're sexist. No, no, no. If this is male football was doing it, he'd be getting worse. This is the exact same thing. So, when she's doing that stupid dancing on the stage... That, that's what annoyed so, me the most. So, what, you look at it and you think, oh yeah, if she was a bloke, she wouldn't be getting this. We absolutely kill like your Pogba's, <laughs> yeah. your Jesse Lingard's yeah. for just being absolute twats <laughs> in dancing around like mongs. And we say it about Megan Rapinoe and we're like, oh no, it's, you can't do that now because she's a woman. And it's like... It's not a sexist thing. It's just she's just an arsehole. Yeah. Like there's plenty of other women in football that have conducted themselves so well. You think you are really good spokespeople for the game. She, she's also unfortunate in she does have one of those faces. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Naturally, one of the most annoying faces. Was, she yeah. could be a lovely woman, and you'd still be a bit. The face is a bit annoying though. But as it is, it's like, you've got the personality to match. And it's like I don't like judging people from a ten-second video. But that one where that kid gives her the ball, she doesn't even look at it. She just like yeah. slams it back in the sand without looking. She doesn't like the no-look pass. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like to a four, like four-year-old. Like, in, yeah. yeah. in a fortnight, nobody's going to be asking for a picture or anything until four years' time comes. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I take you back to the under-15 Dallas FC boys that beat the women's team. That's hard. That's a, yeah. that's a black mark that's hard to get yeah, past, isn't it? Like, <laughs> they're, they're, you can say you deserve it all you want, but let's go and play some, say, under-16s. Beat an under-16s team and we'll talk. Well, someone said we cared more about Crouch retiring than you winning player at a tournament at the Women's World Cup. It's 100% true. And Crouch has done more things with the ball than I've seen her do. Like, that goal against Man City for Stoke, that still lives long in the memory. It's Man City for Spurs. I wasn't happy about it. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on to some. I was going to say proper football, but I don't want to be gunned down. <laughs> Inverted commas, if anyone wants the uh, written version of that. So, paper gossip this week's kind of update. Reported today that um, Delict is travelling to Turin to complete a sixty-seven point five million pound move to Juventus. I'm actually quite worried about Juventus. I'm really, really worried because at first I thought, oh, they get Ronaldo. He's not going to do a lot. But now I look at their team and I think you've got Ramsey that knits the front, the midfield and the strike force together. You've got Diabala in there as well. well. Do you think now that they have the best centre-back partnership in the world? The yes. four that were kind of put forward for this were um, De Ligt and Chiellini, Goldin and Skriniar for Inter, mm. Sergio Ramos and Varane for Madrid, and then Barca, Pique and Mtiti. I still think Varane and... Sergio Ramos just edge it personally just for their speed to have that amount of pace at centre back is just unbelievable like the ball's over the top they, they can have such a high line because they don't even need to worry about it because they'll catch up with them whereas PK don't get me wrong great footballer all round but he's so slow it's just all <laughs> all limbs we need to find out who has the rights to La Liga next season yeah. because whoever has it if they just ask you to pay a fiver for the Classico yeah. then they're going to get so many yeah. people doing yeah, it. Yeah. That's that's the thing. 
they've strengthened so well that I mean you look at Delict now and don't get me wrong, I have no doubt he's gonna be a world star, just like Virgil van Dijk was. But he got shown up in the Champions League semi when Lorente came on and he didn't play particularly well, if I remember rightly, in the Nations League either. No, we just didn't finish our dinner. And yeah, they did. Ex- exactly. Give away the pen, didn't they? So. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad player. and I'm saying he is probably one of the best central fans. And you can see why Virgil van Dijk, what he's done to Liverpool, how well, how much cent- good centre-backs well, are You put someone worth. decent alongside him and then you were going to say that that's top of the lot. If you take any of the other defenders from that list and put them next to him. That's why the Holland team, I know they didn't play too well in the Nations League and we should have beaten them. I mean, for the future, with Virgil van Dijk and De Ligt to their centre-back partnership, it's just, it's quite worrying. They when should, you look at ours, it's like Phil they Jones. They should just and only Dwight. be taking through strikers at youth level. That should just be yeah. all they're asking for. Yeah. It's the only thing they're lacking. Alright, so next up. Maguire set for Man United move after the club met Leicester's 80 million demands the I haven't taken on the paper this week because they're all just as bad as each other so yeah. some of these are just BB- that's actually just reported by BBC mm. yeah, the, the problem with the Premier League is the amount of money that's in it everyone says oh yeah we're going to be like being able to buy all the best players in the world no it's not the case you look at Man- look at Real Madrid right so they've bought Hazard for 80 mil which can go up to 150 but 80 mil is what they bought them for and they bought Luka Jovic for like what was it 54 mil and there's been quotes for Lukaku, 80 mil. Harry Maguire, 80 mil. Yeah. And like, De Ligt, how much did he cost? So he's, he's going to be he's like, what, nearly £13 million pound less than Maguire. Yeah. Which is just... It's just outrageous. But th- this actual global brand of Premier League football, is it a detrimental thing? Well, to tie in with this, so these kind of go hand in hand, and this is only gossip. So the gossip that came with it was... Um, Leicester is set to replace Maguire with Brighton's England defender Lewis Dunk having agreed a forty-five million pound deal. I just want to remind everyone that we got Cesar Azpilicueta for seven million from Marseille. Someone said that um, Moyes had a shortlist for the United board when he came in, and it was um, Maguire was on there, Robertson was on there, and um, Van Dijk. And they essentially said, look, we don't trust you spending money here. <laughs> See, I would love to be able to laugh at that, but this has come from the team that had Salah, De Bruyne and Lukaku <laughs> all in the same team and sold them for a combined total less than what we bought Drinkwater well, the fact they had all the, the fact they had all those names, and it's easy in hindsight, but they said, look, you're not having any... We'll give you Fellaini. Yeah. We know you can work with him. <laughs> not only that, was, I've said it before, but he knew there was a clause in Fellaini's contract at the start of the summer for 23 mil. Didn't take it up and then bought him at the end of the summer for 27. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't even deny us a panic by that point. Oh, fuck's sake, what have I done? It's almost like, I need someone that likes me to come with me, please. We turned down, was it 12 million for Gibbs and then sold him for 7 million to the same club a month later. <laughs> so, I what? think we're all in the same boat, apart I've... from Liverpool, who have some like spell where they can just sell players for like so quadruple guys. the amount. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Coutinho. Now they're talk of loaning him back mm. to Liverpool. And We've got that back on our gossip list. The thing, yeah. the thing with Dunk for forty-five million sounds absolutely ridiculous, but then I think we touched on it before with Palace with Zahar with essentially whatever fee you're going to get is probably you're charging for your survival. If they get rid of Dunk, he has been a big part of. Let's face yeah. it, Brighton have just been a case of keep solid and hope you stay in the game most of the time. If you take out that solidity about them. 
they're in big trouble. So I, think I guess they do have to charge a premium for him. What's a massive part of it as well is that Premier League clubs do not need to sell. So that's why there are astronomical figures. Because it's like, well, well, we, we are not, we're not going to sell and, Like a lower club. Like Arsenal, once upon a time, would have been able to go to Palace, offer a certain amount of Zahar, and they could have lowballed him. He'd have kicked up a first, and they would have had to, financially, would have had to sell him. Yeah. But as it is, they don't actually have to now. No, because there is so much money in it. And you, you look at other clubs, like when Real Madrid go in acquire players... It's always done very sneakily, very mm. kind of... And, it, of course, it will be when they're funded by the government. Um, <laughs> however, that the Luka Jovic is, if he went to someone in England, I guarantee you that fee goes up to 100 mil easily. Well, West Ham are paying 45 yeah. for his backup. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And, I mean, this is the one window that I didn't want Chelsea to have for transfer. I, I get it, it's great with signing all these young players on long-term contracts. I'm so excited. It's weird. I'm really excited to see the Mason Mounts and Loftus Cheek come back, but Akadi, this is the season that he is on the move. He's got a hundred million buyout clause, and we need a top quality striker. They said they'll take any offers for him. Yeah, no one seems to be sort of like circling either. I can't quite work that out. It's because it's his missus is his agent, so oh, there yeah. you go. And she, it just ruins his career. Essentially, he comes out and just slates every club that he's at and then he has to go home with her that woman has ruined his life yeah. it's ruined his national team prospects yeah. and it's ruined his club prospects she's pretty fit though so I guess Swings around us. yeah exactly <laughs> the silver linings so Ampadu is set to be loaned out by Chelsea that was confirmed by Lampard today and then he also said in the same press conference that he doesn't need any new players that's so the transfer, <laughs> the transfer ban is kind of redundant yeah and I, I get where he's coming from in that because we've got so much talent coming back to the first team from like Kurt Zuma Kurt Zuma is going to be wicked he is so quick and athletic if it wasn't for a really bad crucial ligament injury he was in Chelsea's Mourinho's first team and he'd probably still be there if it wasn't that for that horrible injury and you look at our options at the back for example you look at David Luiz got Christensen who I rate really highly I know he's got mistaken but he's, I, like I really like the way he plays football you've got Rudiger you've got Zuma coming back. back so Ethan Ampadu at the moment, I mean, he's still young. What's it, like 18? I'd have got rid of David Luiz. Yeah, I mean, David yeah. David Luiz yeah. is that kind of... He's the gel that holds that back line kind of mentally together because he's got that experience. Even though he just goes off and does what he wants <laughs> and gets caught out of position all the time, he's he's the only real leader we have in that team. You see, Giroud did an interview with BBC Sports today. <laughs> I did. I don't know why he was doing this, where he said, Cashel has been hard done by. He feels really bad about not choosing not to go on tour in Arsenal, refusing to terminate his contract so we can go for free when we're desperate for money. <laughs> but aside from all that, then, he said, it just feels like there's a bit more of a winning mentality at Chelsea. And I didn't, and I just didn't feel like I was close to winning that Arsenal. See, forget, the, the year Leicester won the league, we were in prime position to win it, and he didn't score from Christmas until the end of the season. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> In a season where Ertzil set the record for Premier League assists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty bad. I mean, I think he said as well that obviously Chelsea aren't the best team in England at the moment, it's Man City, but for the last 10 years, they have been the most successful. And if you're a player that wants to win a trophy in England, you go into Chelsea because. You're not. You're, you're going to Man City. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if you, yeah, but you're not going to get in. Curie's not going to get into Man City, but I'm just saying not that. Into Chelsea. If you're. Like a top six team, the most, apart from Man City, the most likely to win a trophy is Chelsea, I would say. Because no matter what, even if we're having one of the worst seasons in the world, the chances are we're still going to win something. Look at last season. Like, 
it's we got to a final lot final we, final we lost didn't on pens. get half the credit for winning FA Cups. Yeah, yeah but, I gotta say, it depends what trophy we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, the reason why is because it's against Hull, and you nearly lost it. Nearly lost that one. I, I actually saw uh, a Leicester fan. It's not anyone I know. It was uh, talking to a Twitter account I follow, and he was saying, "Look, I'm really disappointed in Maguire because." Clearly, he's just going to United for money because there's no step up going from Leicester to United. See, how even I can't stand United. I, nobody can tell me as a player, if you're in those shoes, regardless of whether United are below Leicester, that you're not leaving Leicester to go to United. One of the biggest clubs in the world. I think if Leicester had kept Mares, it'd be in contention for top six of the squad that they have currently. I reckon it's all, six be horrible. I, re- I reckon <laughs> Leicester's squad is on par with Arsenal's squad. I wouldn't argue with that, but like, you, you'd still go from Leicester to Arsenal unless your name's Vardy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose you're right. Certain certain clubs have the pull, and United certainly above all of them. Oh, they're the biggest team in England, stature-wise, I would say. I Just, think a lot of players would still pick United over City purely for the fact that it's United. The problem is they've lost that identity now. They've lost that... Kind of, all they you come here to win. On Let's look at Alexis Sanchez. Maybe you want to be sort of the first one in the project, isn't it? Because if you yeah. if you want to be the guy that helps rebuild them, or you want to wait for a couple of years and then jump on. Like, look at Sanchez though. Look at all the players that. What I don't get. Now this is a really funny thing. Like, it's, oh, Glazers out, Glazers out. All of this, they're bleeding the club dry. How much money have they spent yeah. in the in recent yeah. years, and it just hasn't worked out? Like you've had. Di Maria, they've had Falcao on stupid wages, they've had Alexis Sanchez, they've got Paul Pogba at 90 mil, they've got um, 60 mil Lukaku. If you look at those appeals in general, apart from the fact that you look like an idiot going around in a Norwich flag uh, scarf anyway, yeah. um, is it Fergie never came out and criticised the Glazers? Because yeah. he knew it was also a good thing. He yeah. knew they cough up money and they keep fairly quiet. That's yeah. the ideal, and, that, and that's exactly what you want. Like, but they, what they've done is they've essentially, to put it in layman's terms, like remortgage the club against itself like they have oh, spent no, I know all of their money and yeah. they're in massive they're, debt they are in huge debt I get that clubs but yeah there's plenty of clubs that, and they there's can't... no pressure to not be not in debt when you turn over the amount the United do yeah. so. Ex- exactly and that's what I mean they knew they wouldn't let's talk FFP rules for example I've seen, I've seen this with Arsenal the last day so there was the kind of appeal put out yesterday with the hashtag we care do you and that was actually answered today by Josh Cronkey, which I'll get on to. But people were saying, oh, you don't know what it's like to support, a, to, to feel our done by as a club. Like, you don't judge Arsenal by what's going on at Bury. You judge yeah. Arsenal by what's gone on at Arsenal. And mm-hmm. I don't think any Arsenal fans or any United fans are expecting them to win every single thing each season. You mm-hmm. just want to see stability and improvement. Mm-hmm. And when it seems everyone's passing you by, I mean, you have to do it. I think, selfishly, I do think the Arsenal one has a bit more to it than the United one because they are still spending on players like Pogba and yeah. 50 million on Wan-Bissaka. They're not haggling over how many instalments they can put a 20 million transfer <laughs> into. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I, that's that's another one I completely forgot. 50 million on Wan-Bissaka. And like you consider in the last four years alone, how much have you not had to spend this? What, like 300, 400 mil, roughly? And it's, it, it's not there. It's yeah. not the Glazers' fault that the players aren't turning up. They bought the best players in no, the world. Well, I some do of the think that with Arsenal as well. Like they, we have spent money. It's just a fact. When you look at 32 million on 
Mustafi, you look at 200 grand a week to Mkhitaryan. Mm. So people aren't literally saying the clear, all you need to do is spend money and we'll be happy. It's where you need to put people in the right positions that actually know what they're doing. So he wrote an open letter back where he essentially, in a lot of words, says, you're wrong, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. And he also effectively says in there, look, it could get worse. So just be prepared for that and we'll be going through it the same as you. And thinks by signing off with, may North London forever be red. That's going to be like, oh, cheers, oh, yeah. Josh. Yeah, cheers, I was sort of... Yeah. He said, I was... Yeah, all forgotten. The road, just got to the Champions League final. Yeah. He said, I was on the pitch with the players after in Baku collecting the runners-up medals. <laughs> yeah. Not making people feel any better. Yeah. And it's like when he... Isn't he At least you could get there. Was it Josh Conkey that turned up to Arsenal training wearing a Rams shirt? Yeah, I didn't see too much of it. I just saw that as a bloke wearing a t-shirt yeah so, uh, that is, I suppose that is true but I guess it just subconsciously shows where his focus yeah. is yeah otherwise it's not a good look no, no exa- exactly thought, yeah. in the grand scheme if you're an Arsenal fan there's a lot more to worry about than <laughs> what t-shirt he wears that, I think that's the problem I mean you look at I look at Chelsea's transfer dealings and I'm actually quite glad we've had a transfer ban because our transfer dealings have been shocking I mean still has been despite that <laughs> yeah like I've what was it it was drink water Bakayoko and Morata so Bought for a combined 120 mil. Yeah, we've been linked with Bakioka this window. <laughs> and, um, and it's like we've had a transfer ban, I suppose. Kovacic, if he plays like he did in the final, then I'm happy we've got him, but he's played like absolute crap all the, the rest yeah. of the season. Well, if we move on to another hard done by club, Newcastle United will pay four million compensation to Sheffield Wednesday for their former manager, Steve Bruce, who is set to be named Magpie's boss. I thought this was like a joke Sky Sports rumour when it first came up. And mm. the next one I knew it was like, well, he's quit his job and he's being flown in. So <laughs> yeah. He's, mean, he's not even a good championship level manager. Not anymore. No, not anymore. And going from Rafa Benitez to Steve Bruce was, would be like, I don't know, Chelsea going from Jose Mourinho to Rafa Benitez. Like, <laughs> That's so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> no, but luckily it was the other way around and we won the league, but I'll leave that one for so, another day. West Brom's Venezuela striker Salomon Rondon is set to be reunited with Rafa Benitez after flying to the Far East for talks with Spanish manager's Chinese super club Dalian Yafang. The baggers have agreed a fee for the 29-year-old who spent last season on loan with Newcastle. I love it when I love it when like a player and manager just like stick together. Stipe Mourinho, especially when they've both gone for loyal loads of cash, though. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah. I think that could be like a separate little thing, like managers manager team ups, like Harry yeah, Redknapp like and Peter Alli- Crouch or. Yeah. The Allardyce ones, um, I forgot his surname, Kevin. Nolan. Kevin Nolan, Nolan yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Kevin Lee in my head, and I was like, that's definitely not him. <laughs> I mean, Sarri and Georginia have been split up now, so I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen sure. with that, yeah. Uh, the Gunners will miss out on Leon and France playmaker Fekir because they can't offload Germany midfielder Ertzil. His Sweden defender Victor Lindelof says he's very happy to be a United player, despite his agent saying that Barca wanted to sign him. <laughs> Even I think that's hard to believe, and I've been a supporter of Lindelof on the pod. Yeah, vocal. Yeah, I, I mean, when they're in the summer, they're going after the lift. Maybe they've got the names mixed up or something. I don't know. <laughs> they still have the Marlon on the yeah. book, so. For Marlon. I said, I think they try and have some awful players just to see that if they can win with them. Yeah. Like when they just, I'm not saying he's awful, but when they brought in Boateng last season, there was no reason, there was no reason <laughs> yeah. for it. No. So like Paulinho as well. I know he actually played fairly well, but mm. after a shocking split at Spurs. Going back to Fakir, I've seen rumours that he's going, going to, to like, yeah, Real yeah. Betis. 
Is that like? I think once clubs started seeing that he was going to be done, they're like, "Oh, we can actually get him that cheap." So yeah, they've sparked a bit of a bidding war. It's funny because he created all that smoke last season to try and get to Liverpool. Yeah, and now he's going to Betis. It's like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Griezmann transfer finalised that Letico lash out in the media so that's all but done by now they've essentially come out and said look as much as we might believe you there's no proof that the transfer was sorted before then I think with that one as well you look at Griezmann and he's a left-sided forward player so I can't stand him I, just, I don't get how he's going to fit in there and plus as well would they have rather had Neymar would you rather have Neymar or Griezmann because it was well, they've they they kind of done a Love Island as well, where they've ended up coupling up with Griezmann too soon, and yeah. then they've realised they could have got with Neymar. Yeah. It's, oh fuck! Well, we're in too deep now. I've got to stick with yeah. the one I came with. That's exactly what's going to happen because, like, how would they fit all of those players yeah. into one team? They Part of me, they, they had to take a bank loan to for Griezmann. So yeah. how are they going to do Neymar as well? Yeah. Part of me was hoping that they were going to back out on Griezmann last minute and leave him in that no man's land yeah. where he's like he's scolded Frozen both out. sides. Yeah. The, the most mental one I've heard this season, I don't know if you've got it on there, but Diego Costa to West Ham. Yeah, that, that <laughs> like, was so... He was linked what? with uh, Wolves in Everton last week, so we spoke about that then. Yeah, like, what on earth is going on there? I mean, I'd have him back at Chelsea Atletico yesterday. getting rid of like all their bastards. Yeah. Like, they're going to have none left. Yeah, I, well, they can have Simeone as their manager. They've got... They've got um, he, he, he needs, he he needs, needs bastards, yeah. He can't not have them. He needs, like, bastard Yo, teeth. Yo Felix is not a Simeone player. <laughs> no, he's not. Trippier has a medical there tomorrow. What? Yeah. Really? No way. Yeah, he's been floating for a medical there tomorrow. What have the clubs in Europe been watching with Trippier this year? <laughs> I reckon they've just, just going off the World Cup. Yeah, they, so. they saw him off the World Cup and they just haven't watched him this yeah. season. That's what it is. He's managed to leave. He's been flogging him saying, look, look, he carried that on all season. He carried yeah. on playing <laughs> yeah. like that. He, managed, he scored in a World Cup semi-final and now he's gone to not even been in an England setup. It's crazy. Barcelona midfielder Philip Coutinho has given his approval to a deal which would see him join former club Liverpool on a two-year loan deal with an option for the Reds to buy at the end of it for eighty-eight million. <laughs> surely you take the two years and then. <laughs> and then well, yeah, this back, is exactly yeah. it. What did Barca get from this? Because surely they need Eight cash and cash quick. I know it's wages off the book, but you still need cash here and now, and not even like a an obligation to buy the end but an option yeah. if anybody probably would renegade on it Liverpool probably would as well they probably would take the two years and be like nah not, not sure we fancy it Coutinho was he on, wasn't he on like over 200 grand in a week like 230 he'll be on more than that at Barca I'm pretty yeah, sure because so like, he was meant to be the next bit yeah, yeah. If, he, if he's like quarter, um, quarter of a mil a week then that's 12 mil a year I suppose you get that if that's 24 mil over two years mm. isn't it they're going to yeah. have to generate a lot of money for Neymar's wages because he's going to be on a filthy wage yeah that's true alright another thing from Liverpool Jurgen Klopp says he, they're keeping their options open with regards to signing a backup left back to Andy Robertson. Yeah, not having another one probably isn't an ideal position <laughs> for any club to be in. Um, Come right now, seemed very sort of, no, he's gone. He he's out he's out of contract, so he went. I don't I, I don't think he actually signed for them uh, yet, but no, he's gone. Valencia, I think. Yeah, that rings a bell. So, I I think that, and I think I've said it before. I think. The club's kind of been a little bit... I don't know if complacent is the word, but he's done the classic thing a lot of managers do in pre-season when they said, well, have you not seen these players coming back? They're our new players. So you talk mm-hmm. about like Lallana and Ox and stuff coming back from injury. Yeah. It's like, that's great, but the whole thing was they had long-term injuries and aren't fit. You don't know they might get injured again. And it isn't like signing a new player because you don't have that sort of fresh face in the building. Yeah. As I said before, I think the left-back area and the right-back area, you need more cover because they get through a lot of work 
and you need to rotate, and neither of them really have a backup option. But is Joe Gomez, can he play right back? Is he more of a centre-back? He's more of a centre-back when you watch him, but he can fill in there, but yeah. it's not ideal, really. And both him and Matip have shown they can get injured. Mm. So if you need someone filling in, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, if you want an injury-ravaged wing-back, then Welbeck played at left wing-back in the Europa a few <laughs> times last season yeah. when we played five at the back against some farmers from <laughs> places I've never heard of. That must have been rock bottom. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the football gossip. There's a couple of other things which there isn't really much to get. Like Arsenal linked with Danny Alves, but with Arsenal, I think they're the same as United where they're going to be linked with anyone and everyone until... Oh, when they're shut. Yeah, so... Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. I know Jack's been keen to get into this and he'll probably be able to provide a bit more detail than I certainly will, but fans hailed Sunday as the best day of sports ever as epic Wimbledon and Cricket World Cup finals went down to the wire. England became cricket world champions after defeating New Zealand in a sudden death super over at Lords, and just moments before in another nail-biting final, Djokovic beat Federer to claim his fifth Wimbledon title with the pair competing in the first ever fifth set tiebreaker. So what a day! Yeah, what a day! I mean, I've haven't felt nerves like that in in, in cricket in any sport since probably the 2012 Champions League final penalty shootout. Maybe the penalty World shootout Cup? last year, but. What do you mean when the World Cup? The Football World Cup. Oh yeah, the Football World Cup as well. Um, it was just, it gripped you. It was something that cricket doesn't usually do to the masses and this is what it appeals to. And I guess this is the format of one day cricket, be that tweet, uh, T20 or 50 over cricket. It's built to get people interested. It, what it has is all the aspects of everything you want to see. It's got the tactical prospect of the marathon, not a sprint. So if you look like New Zealand, if you lose three quick, quick wickets early on, it's that grit to come back in the middle order to try and pull that back. And this is why I was so impressed with England. I know I'm going to delve into some of the technicalities that I felt really bad for New Zealand because, as a cricketing purist, as a cricketing purist, yeah, I still I still felt really really bad. I think the best team won, and we did absolutely cream them earlier in the ser- um, earlier in the tournament. And you look at England, we beat India, we beat Australia. I know we lost Australia, we beat them in the semi-finals so easily. Like, eight wickets, so easily. But then, a final is a completely separate entity in itself. So what I was most impressed about with England was that, historically, in this tournament, and usually as well, when we play on a wicket that does something, so when we play on a flat track, we're absolutely fine. And if the top three stay in, then we'll walk all over teams. But England have always have had trouble as if they lose the top three very quickly, then it all hell breaks loose and we're all out for like the most ridiculous total ever. It's like you saw against like Sri Lanka in that run chase. Um, this tournament, when, like I said, when we have a flat track, it is just so easy. But when you look at the, like the toss to start with, with New Zealand, they kind of put themselves into back because they knew that pitch was going to die. They knew that pitch where they was going to be stuck in, sticking in that pitch later on in the day. It's had a f- few games over the last seven weeks on it, it Lords. Plus, as well, England lost at Lords to Australia because of that very reason that the pitch was doing too much for them to have an easy ride. So they did the right thing. <clears throat> and again, they lost quick wickets, but then those partnerships really brought it back. And that's when you start to think of England like, uh-oh, this is like Groundhog Day. We're not going to have it all our own way. And especially when you look at our top three, you got Roy getting out cheaply, you've got Bairstow getting out cheaply, and you're thinking, 
if we get the like fifty partnership, if we get like a hundred partnership with the top top three batsmen, we're usually okay. We're usually gonna do all right. But when that doesn't happen, you look at the middle order, it just crumbles. We've got probably the best middle order in international cricket. When you think of the likes of Stokes coming in, it's six, seven. Got Owen Morgan in there as well. Got Joss Butler who can swing a bat. And he's just when got. When he went out, I was worried. That's when I thought, oh, well, exactly. that was kind of the last stand. I thought those two after that. Yeah. So you, looking... you get down to like the last four overs, and you're looking at it, and it's it's that dreaded two runs a ball run rate that you need. And it's just back against the wall, and the dot ball just feels like the stomach falls out. And the amount of times I thought we've lost this, we've lost this. And I think. So many things went our way when Stokes got caught on the boundary and uh, I can't remember what the fielder was, but he lost all spatial awareness and you think, oh no, and he stands on the boundary like, oh yes, six. And then obviously that fatal six runs where he goes for the two, the two run, goes to the um, wicketkeeper's end, hits him. Goes, I know what's going on. Is that allowed? I've, yeah. The first when they stopped, I thought they were going to call him out because I thought you weren't allowed to like it. You know, I thought it was going to be like they'll just give the four because obviously it's gone out there but the runs don't count or something. Was, so it's essentially, so for example, if there's a misfield, if, if a batsman runs two, for example, but, and then it gets overthrown and someone misses it and then yeah. they, they can run again yeah. or if it's the boundary. So people can get seven from one ball and yeah. things like that. Um, that happens. And if there's no intention for him to be playing the ball, which there isn't, he isn't even looking at it, he's just freak. And if it hits anywhere else in his body but it's his bat, it's, yeah. it's not going to the boundary. <laughs> I only realised why it was a four today. Like I was so in the moment that I just had no clue what was going on. <laughs> what, that, a six? That, it went for, six. for days, I've been thinking... Is it just sportsmanship why people don't just leather it when people field it towards the wickets <laughs> yeah. anyway? Yeah. Because they said, didn't they? They were like, always apologising even in a World Cup final because of sportsmanship and all mm. the respect to the game. And I was thinking, people do this all the time. Can they just go on? I was thinking, this would be a much more fun game if you could throw it back and people yeah. would whack it away. Like quick cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smash it. <laughs> well, it's a lot like let in tennis. You know, when you, have a, yeah, when you hit yeah. the net and it just drops over the other side and it gives them the point, they apologise. Nothing you can do is part of the game. But I don't like it when they apologise for that. I'm not surprised. No, <laughs> no. I am Shit down. Ass. Yeah. Well, like that's why I like Kyrgios so much because... When he was asked, did you intentionally hit the ball? He goes, yeah, why not? We're playing professional, professional yeah, I didn't tennis. actually see an, an issue with that. And the underarm serve as well, I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, definitely. The, the cricket, all you need is one game like that to get people into it. Exactly. You're going to have so many kids that have watched it, especially being on terrestrial TV. And people are saying, oh, it all, should all be on terrestrial TV. And it's like, but without the sky development and money, then these cricketers would not have the money to go and get in the peak fitness that they are now. Mm. A lot of England's... I mean, what we should go back and think about and talk about is... Back in 2015, when England got to the final of the T20 World Cup in um, Antigua, I think it was, and we played um, West Indies, and we <laughs> we were on top. I so, remember watching that. So over yeah, final over, final over, final over. We they needed 18, uh, they needed 19 to win off the final over. Ben Stokes, best all rounder, just gone to the IPL for a multi-million contract. Best all rounder, bowler, batsman. You would have him down to bowl the final over. He goes for 19. <laughs> Braithwaite hits four sixes in his over and we lose the Cricket World Cup final. I actually love watching IPL. Just because yeah. it is guaranteed just like... Slugfest. And it's still like high quality. I mean, we said before with 
boxing, you you like kind of a slobber knocker because it's not every fight. If, yeah. Every time it was just white collar boxes. Oh come yeah. on. Yeah. So with that, it's still high quality despite the fact that. Definitely, and I think that's what the World Cup final had. It just had that complete drama, and it's almost like that redemption kind of. Ben um, Stokes, he just did not want to get out. He just refused to get out. He was out on his feet. He was diving all over the place. His, his kit was filthy. He, you could see it, or every run he was cramping up. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to criticise um, cricketers' fitness, but he looks a lot more battered than the two lads at Wimbledon. <laughs> it's, it is, but then the mental concentration to not get out. And the pressure. That yeah. Basically, once he goes, the game goes. Exactly. So it is and all on him. And that's what it is. I mean... He's a like, big fella, isn't he? I remember, I, yeah, I remember. <laughs> not Ryan Cameron, what Ben Stokes? He's, a he's, not, he's not that big. He's. I'm not calling him fat. Uh, right. I'm just saying he's a well built. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit like Fintoff. Yeah, that's that's it. He's kind of like strong. And mm. I look back to like the Collingwood era. So when like the Ashes, when he would come in at like eleven in the morning, be batting at six in the evening, all day outside, and to have that level of concentration to not put a foot wrong. And that's what Ben Stokes... A pale man in the sun as well. That's yeah. Really easy. Ginger, in the, ginger nice. in the sun, as we can both testify. <laughs> and like, I'm, you know when they have like drinks breaks? I don't know why they have to 50 breaks. He must have had like the worst <laughs> helmet timeline after that. But yeah, it's just sheer will to not get out was just... It made you really proud. And that was, I think, what we all look for in sports to kind of have that affinity with the sports person that they're doing this and that sheer will to just not get out. And then he comes out for the Super over again. And he just bats his heart out. And you just think, ah, oh, let this be. And then you give the ball to Joffrey Archers, 24-year-old lad who's just come into the English setup. Um Could have been easier with another bowler. <laughs> well, how so? How so? If we draw in my man Panasar back, <laughs> put him at the fold. Right, we're going to stop there. Back out of the crease. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Shane Warne, you're not playing a spinner when you need <laughs> when you need to con- conserve, um, conservative runs. Just go about that Ashes series that... Um, which one? Said about there. So 2005? The one that was on the, terrestrial the TV? One. Yeah. So yeah, 2005, that was... No, I was on about 2011 with Colin. But yeah, 2005, yeah. yeah. Like, I remember the Christmas after that, my brother getting the box set on DVD and it not even being an odd thing. Like It was completely oh, yeah, yeah. believable that you would go back and rewatch a full test series. Because yeah. That I've was watched, like, <laughs> my favourite... Of that team, I'm pretty sure that team. My favourite England player used to be Peterson before I realised what an arsehole he actually is. <laughs> Peterson's, again, he's that character though. Like to get 253 no, not think, out and I think character it. is an easy way out for an arsehole when you just say, oh, they're a character, aren't they? Well, like, some of them. He also, but he actually is a character alongside it. I do think that Peterson is just an arsehole. Like, he's he's not. not like a character with it. So, I don't know if you know at the Peterson moment. Peterson also wins, which Curious yeah. tend to do. That's so. Peterson, I don't know if you know at the moment, just to kind of, just so I can kind of level out the level out the playing field. So he's really involved in the charity that he actually preserves all the wildlife in South Africa. Yeah. So I he bats with... I daily. If I give 10p to Oxfam at it's the not end of a the twat. day, I mean, then it doesn't make me any better. What you've got, especially in the time that he was in, Eng- in England, you had Alistair Kirk and you had Andrew Strauss, who are very highbrow, come from kind of posh like boys. posh boy backgrounds. So they're not going to like your average kind of Kevin Peterson. I know he came across from South Africa, grew up there, but he was that. He got me into cricket, Kevin Peterson. I used to watch cricket just to see him come in at three or four to smash people out the park. I used to love watching him back. Yeah, yeah, love that as well. I mean, he was just a cricket's bad boy, and there was never one of those boys. Him and Flintoff in the same team, 
they got me watching cricket because at first I thought, what is this sport? It's so boring. I watched them play and they were brilliant. And it's almost full circle because I've seen people saying, uh, how can you have a go at Megan Rapino when you were laughing when Flintoff was celebrating the Ashes after? If you what? search Flintoff Rapino, there's a lot of people having yeah. this comparison. Like, well, he was celebrating and everyone loved it. The thing is with that, again, is that the level of sport, this is like top, top level. And that's at top level in the women's game, but that's not the same spectacle as we're watching here. Boys will be boys. It's funny yeah. when a bloke does it. Look, call now, me what you want. If, if, Me- if Megan Rapino, right, if Megan Rapino got absolutely steaming and then went on a pedalo to try and find a private um, party on a yacht somewhere, which is what Flintoff did, yeah. I would... Be all for Megan Rapino, but dancing like we we slate Jesse Instead, Lingard. She got her baps at this Sports Illustrated, which I wish I hadn't seen. Yeah, yeah, I no comment on that yeah. one for me. Yeah. <laughs> on, on the on the same day as the cricket, and we we did have the tennis on at the same time. It's a shame that they couldn't have been like one after the other rather than on at the same time because it was hard to choose which one. Yeah, I went for the cricket on the TV purely because every time Federer went down, I was like, "What's well, it? He's he's lost." Mm. But even that, and even when you couldn't fully concentrate on it, that was still, you were able to still be invested in that, which says a lot, because usually if you have two on, you're going to be a lot less interested in the second one. See, I, with the the, um, tennis, I kind of flicked between the two, but I thought that, you know that meme with the Simpsons where it's like, Starfy's already dead kind of thing. Djokovic played at 70%, maybe 60%, and... Federer was given 110% and it still wasn't good enough. He's 37. Yeah, I, that, there is that. I know <laughs> his, skill, his skill level is one of those where it just doesn't change. He's, he's, just un, he's unbelievable. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Djokovic was always going to win. He just made it really hard for himself. It was a, it was a weird thing, wasn't it? Yeah, because watching it, I, I did throughout the game think Federer's playing better here, but yeah. Djokovic was just hanging in and yeah. as long as he's hanging in, he's always got the chance. That, that was probably the thing with the game, it was a strange game where obviously we know how long it went on for and they'll probably call it you know, one of the great finals. But compared to say like, like the crazy thing about the 2008 one with Nadal and Federer, it was just like, it was just such a high standard throughout and you're just watching yeah. these shots thinking, how are they doing this? Yeah. Whereas this was sort of like, both were just making uncharacteristic mistakes yeah. at key times that you'd never expect from the other one. Yeah. And that was where the drama kind of came from because they kind of kept letting the other one back in. It wasn't, yeah. It, it was wasn't, a strange, a lot of mistakes in there. It wasn't like a show of quality. It was like, who's going to mess up next? And it was, was... Was that the same summer as the Liverpool-West Ham FA Cup final? Was that a year before? Maybe two years before. That's yeah, that, no, that was 2006. 2006, Liverpool, yeah. West Ham, yeah. I was putting the two together thinking, what a summer that was. I mean, just going back to cricket quickly, just to kind of finish off on that one. I think that was brilliant for the game. You're going to get a lot of kids going out and even like adults taking a pair of stumps. It down. might go the opposite way where a lot of people are going to tune into cricket now expecting to see that. Mm. Yeah, every game. And to be fair... Especially a test match. You're going to be like, <laughs> what am I getting here? The thing is though, test, test matches have a completely different audience really. Like for me, for example, I remember I got into the Ashes in 2005 and then in 2011, I believe I got suspended from school for a week. Which and it was the same coincided. Uh, yeah, and it was actually that when we were playing in Australia, so it would start at like two in the morning and finish at like six or eight or ten or something like that. So I'd stay up all night and just watch the entire innings. Whereas you learned your lesson. Yeah, well, I I I, I like all forms of it because of different tactical elements. One day cricket, if you go and watch T Twenty, then especially the IPL, if you go and watch the IPL, it's all like that. 
most of the time. You're going to find absolute slugfests because that's why they pay the big bucks because they get the big hitters over there because that's what generates all the We're income. We're going in a few weeks. I can't tell you who's playing. You go, what? You go to the, t- the T20 Blast? Yeah. yeah, that's that's what you want to go and see. Like finals day, there's nothing more enjoyable than a T20 finals day. Two semi-finals and then the final in the evening and everyone's just on the piss. Do you, <laughs> do you think we could have been as hooked if it was in England? Like you can watch... Barca, Atletico in the Champions League and you can have no emotional investment in either team but a good game is a good game. Yeah, Do you that's think true. it would have been quite the same if it wasn't England? Because no. the patriotism came in and despite... So the big worry when, like, say, Arsenal play Chelsea, Liverpool is how much everyone's going to laugh at Arsenal when it doesn't mm-hmm. go their way. I was feeling like that when it felt like England were throwing it away. Mm. Because that's what it did feel like after that's exactly the, after what the total like. that um, they'd set. Like when you see the thing, like the percentage chance of yeah. winning and all this, I was already kind of getting my back up, thinking like the tweets about this is already gonna. <laughs> yeah, I've, again, it was a patriotism thing because you had people that just wanted England to do well, and that I don't... we had people that we wouldn't expect to ever yeah. see cricket. Yeah. Like I'll tune in for a big game or like a big event. Yeah. Or if I'm if I'm working with IPL, it's perfect. You yeah. don't have to pay too much attention, but it is like yeah. still and you entertaining. Get to see it. Like for anyone that wants to really get into cricket, like look at I'd say Chris Gale's um, twelve ball fifty when he was playing in Australia. That he just this absolute slugfest. He makes it look so easy. This World Cup, by the day, I ended up watching uh, the end of India against Afghanistan, and it was the end of. Um, <laughs> West Indies against New Zealand, and yeah. both of those were like a really late run chase. Yeah. So again, it was again, it was like I had no real reason to watch either of those games. But it was entertaining to watch. Yeah, I did have a belt as well, <laughs> yeah. but that is by the by. <laughs> uh, but like Jack said, it's maybe sixty percent of the sort of interest you've got when when England involved. Like so th- people are watching it. Probably when you watch sport, generally yeah. be watching it. And I, th- I think that was the beauty of the te- terrestrial TV thing, which is a rare thing from Sky. Maybe it's the best sales pitch ever because they can then say right come and invest yeah, in Sky I think that's what it is but I mean, fair play to them either way I mean you look at you look at it and you just think when you go back to 2005 there were so many other kids went to play cricket I was one of them I started up again because I played cricket when I was like I don't know between the ages of 6 to about 9 stops went to secondary school and started up again because Freddie Flintoff was that eye catching figure that you thought I want to be like him I mean, they add it with the well, with the Rugby World Cup in 2003 yeah. suddenly loads of kids <clears throat> yeah, I know we effect. were at an age where people probably would have been going anyway but yeah. so many people started thinking they wanted to be Johnny Wilkinson rather than David Beckham and things like that just wanna, just wanna... it's that sort of effect that exactly happen. and I think as well we need to mention as you brought up rugby with the England are now the only nation to have won a yeah. cricket World Cup a rugby World Cup and a football I, World you, Cup I did see someone shit on that slightly when he said was it I think it might yeah. be Brad yeah. um, who said like, but whatever country actually is investing like all three fully. Like, yeah, but good, you would point. say that they're the biggest global sports though. It's wow well, for, te- for team for, sports. For your, like Europe, for example, some of them will be in two, but not the third or yeah. one. Not the three. Whereas, whereas we're the only ones Essen- that are kind of all in on all three. Essentially, what that derives from is British colonialism, <laughs> isn't it? Is that we go over, <laughs> take all, take all your land teach you how to play a sport that we invented and now we've come and beat you at it. And, and when we say furious when we're shit at it. Yeah, and it's like, when we say football's coming home, it's like, well, we've kind of given it out to the masses and now we don't control you anymore. You're actually I better than us. I saw more 
Indian fans unhappy that England won than I saw New Zealand fans unhappy that they'd lost. What you've got to remember as well is in India, cricket is their football. Like they are like vicious and tribal about you. Like they are absolutely mental about it, as just as we are. With I football. love seeing them in the in the stands when uh, the IPLs on because their equivalent of like going mental in the stands is a lot different to if the camera went on like a football match over here. Yeah, yeah. They went mental yeah they're like woo. <laughs> but yeah, when we get, I'm coming back coming back onto the kind of the controversies of it. They say because by the time the fielder threw the ball yeah. for the misfield, they hadn't they hadn't crossed. So actually, it should have been five. I dispute that in saying that they crossed. He was in, and then the ball hit him. I, it's one of those. But do you not weird think in rules. almost any major sporting event you can pick a fault with an official? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We've I mean, been victims of it yeah. ourselves. I think the main one as well is we essentially won that final on the cricket equivalent of away goals. Like, we both finished on the same total in the super over because we'd scored more boundaries. Which, again, but I also contest that if you're put into bat on a super over, you are at a disadvantage. Because if England scored 10, New Zealand would have thought, you know what, I'll just come out, defend a few if I need to, and then smack the ones I can hit. So, because we went first, I think we're fully within our rights to exercise that, and we are rightful winners, because the first one's going to be under more pressure and especially you give the ball to Joffrey Archer and the first ball is a wide. So he, gives, so, so he gives a, gives away a run and a free hit and you're yeah. like, oh my God. Just just to close us out then, so I was looking at what other people had con- as contenders for the best day of sport ever and I couldn't find many because the ones that you would say in America are literally just when they have all sports on at the same time, the, the concept wasn't really got in the articles I was reading. Yeah, yeah. It was more look, we've got 10 on the same day rather than this final, this final, this final. Yeah. So the main one was the uh, Super Saturday during London 2012 was one that people said was a contender yeah. for the best day of yeah. sport. And I always bring it up on here. The real best day of sport, Arsenal beating Chelsea in the FA Cup final, Groves winning his world title. Yeah, I'm not going to agree with that yeah. for, for <laughs> obvious reasons, but... Don't think Groves wouldn't either being a Chelsea fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was happy enough. Anyone, yeah. else, anyone else you want to chuck in before we close it out? Off the top of my head, no. no. Any World Cup day when you get like four games in one day is yeah. a brilliant day because you can just get on the piss and watch Senegal versus Tunisia. I've, I've had many a hangover slob Sunday, as I call them, <laughs> where you've got like a Liverpool versus Man City and a, I don't know, Man United versus someone else like yeah. Tottenham, all on a Super Sunday. Something that Hopefully Chelsea would have been in there at like the early kickoff, playing someone like That's West Brom the, or something. Plus, with having uh, Europa League participation, is you're almost always on TV for the Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> that that's actually the big plus because you look at the TV money generated, and Chelsea were actually third because even though we were like we weren't playing pretty attractive football because we always had to play on a Sunday, we'd always get on TV. Well, that could be the only thing that Liverpool fans can curse Van Dyke for is they got a lot more TV because there was always the. They might concede a few, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like yeah. just don't bother. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Whereas of Arsenal, it is the guaranteed car crash. So anytime they're away, you just like get them on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <Got> upset. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. Apologies for it being a day late. We'll all be back together next week, where Alex should have a change my mind for us. He's uh, been skimping out on that, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. Thank you. <laughs>